When I'm not hosting this podcast, I am writing books, but it is really hard for me to write when I'm at home, so I like to find remote cabins in the middle of nowhere to just hang out and write. But I hate the idea of my house just sitting empty, doing nothing but collecting dust and definitely not collecting checks. And that's why I'm an Airbnb host. It's one of my all-time favorite side hustles. Other popular side hustles are awesome too, don't get me wrong, but they often involve big startup costs. By hosting your space, you're monetizing what you already have access to. It doesn't get easier than that. And if you're new to the side hustle game and you're anxious about getting started, don't worry because you're not in this alone. Airbnb makes it super easy to host. I mean, if I could do it, you could do it. And your home might be worth a lot more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com host. I'm Nicole Lappin, the only financial expert you don't need a dictionary to understand. It's time for some money rehab. All right, here's your weekly roundup of the headlines that are affecting you and your money. We've heard a lot in the last few weeks about the debt ceiling and the American government's inability to make a budget. Part of that struggle comes down to the question, how much debt is too much debt? Because there is good debt and there is bad debt, even for governments. But the national stage isn't the only arena where America is struggling to make a financial plan. Let's take a look at the state of American savings and debt to find out how balanced our budget really is in our own homes. Right now, savings accounts and money market accounts are offering the best interest rates they have in years. So this is a really great time to save if you can. Let's break down that jargon first, because although they might sound the same, money market funds, money market accounts, and savings accounts function a little bit differently from each other. Money market funds are mutual funds that are very low risk, low return investment vehicles. Money market accounts function like money market funds in that they require a minimum investment and then invest your money in low risk assets for a better return. But money market accounts come with debit cards, which make them more of like a love child between a bank account and a money market fund. Savings accounts are just money in the bank. Savings accounts in legit banks are FDIC insured and savings accounts in legit credit unions are NCUA insured. Money market accounts are insured, but money market funds are never FDIC insured as they're considered investment vehicles. All right, so back to American savings. The narrative right now around American household savings rates are all doom and gloom, but the picture is actually a little more nuanced because there are two numbers here that really matter, household net worth and the personal savings rate. Household net worth has largely been up, often because assets are worth so much more now, if you bought a house five years ago, your net worth is probably up, in many cases substantially because your house is likely worth more now. Plus, there's always money in the bank. One analysis from the Fed calculated that Americans have $1.1 trillion more in savings this spring than they did in February of 2020. Okay, America. And the Nasdaq, S&P 500, and the Dow Jones have all been steadily climbing since 2009. While we might be off from our 2021 highs, the market is still up overall. So if you have investments, especially if you've been investing for a while now, you're probably worth more than you were five years ago. P.S. If you needed a sign to start investing, that was it. But when we talk about the savings rate, as in the amount of money a household saves as a percentage of their take-home pay each month, that number has fallen sharply. Right now, it's about 4.1% for April. That's about half of its annual average over the last 50-ish years. 
The story around this seems to be a double-edged inflation sword. People have more valuable assets, but they need to spend more money to keep up with their expenses, which makes it harder to save money. And sadly, they are starting to use assets to pay for some of their expenses. In one of the bigger bummers this year, more people are withdrawing money from their 401ks early. In the final quarter of 2022, Fidelity and Vanguard both noticed a slight increase in people withdrawing more money from their 401ks early, about half a percentage point increase. The trend is continuing this year, with Bank of America reporting that there's a 33% increase in the number of customers withdrawing money early in 2023 over 2022. It's reasonable to expect that these sorts of withdrawals will continue to rise since security. 2.0 passed. Secure 2.0 is a federal law that will go into effect in 2024, and it will make it easier to draw down money from 401ks early. Under current rules, if you withdraw money from your 401k early, you have to certify that it's for an emergency and there's a 10% tax penalty. The new law allows you to withdraw up to $1,000 a year without the 10% tax penalty and really loosens those emergency rules. Now, I'm telling you this right now, Please don't use it if you don't absolutely have to. And instead, try to put money into your emergency fund before you even put money into your retirement account. And tap that first if you need it. Let's just say you have $1,000 with a very modest 4% interest rate. Over 20 years, you're going to have double that more than two grand. So compounding interest really works magic and literally doubles your money. But that trick can only happen if you have the money invested and you leave it invested. Time is the only thing you need to make compound interest do its thing. This is why I'm pretty torn on Secure 2.0. We all go through hard shit, and I appreciate that government is giving folks more options of how to navigate financial hardship. But what I don't want is for folks to be encouraged to withdraw funds from their retirement early if they don't absolutely have to. Because while that might help you now, it's definitely going to hurt your future self. This is why I keep saying to prioritize funding your emergency fund first. And if you have to spend all of the money in your emergency fund, take a pause from contributing to your retirement accounts to build back your emergency fund. Your retirement investments will continue to earn interest, but only if you leave that money there and use your emergency fund to fund emergencies. I get it. It's simple, but not easy. Further complicating the big picture of the American household budget is the national debt. No, not the debt ceiling this time. Total household debt. Now, the federal debt is $31 trillion and some change. Okay, a lot of change. The national household debt is a little more than half of that. $17 trillion and a lot of change, which has been the highest it's ever been. Part of the reason for the increase is actually the same reason for the increase in household wealth. Assets like homes are costing more than ever. Of that $17 trillion in household debt, $12 trillion is mortgage debt, which leaves a more manageable $5 trillion in credit card debt, student loans, and auto loans. So while that number seems so scary, $17 trillion, like who can wrap their head around that? Much of it is mortgage debt, which is not all bad debt, unless, of course, you can't pay your mortgage, which is a topic for another time. So while the debt burden looks terrible and we should all be asking questions about some of the predatory lending practices, 
it isn't quite as bad as it first seems. When it comes to raising the household debt limit, I don't think we should do that. Americans owe $986 billion in credit card debt alone. Can you imagine paying that off with a 20% APR? And while this debt also represents growing wealth for people who bought houses during that time, other people are starting to struggle. While student loan delinquency has actually dropped, all other types of serious delinquency, which looks like being more than 90 days late with a payment, have risen in every other category. The largest jump has been credit card debt. Delinquency on credit card debt has gone up a percentage point and a half just in the last six months. So in summary, net-net, what I have been saying all along, whether you're a country or you're an individual human, budgeting is hard and we could all use some money rehab. For today's tip, you can take straight to the bank. Auto loans is an industry with a lot of predatory lending. So no matter what anyone tries to sell you, your car loan payment shouldn't be more than 15% of your take-home pay. So if you take home four grand a month, your auto loan should be 600 bucks or less. But you don't wanna get those payments lower by taking out a longer term loan because those in the end cost a lot more. When buying a car, it's important to look both at the monthly cost as well as the total cost in order to keep that budget balanced. Do you ever get FOMO, fear of missing out? Well, do you ever get FOMO Tupita, fear of missing out on the perfect hire? If so, I have the antidote. It's LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In any given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites, and that adds up to a serious squad of awesome candidates. LinkedIn has over a billion professionals on the platform, and these candidates are super qualified. So much so that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within just 24 hours. I work with LinkedIn Jobs for all of my dream team needs, so they're hooking up money rehabbers at linkedin.com slash MNN. Go there and you can post your job for free. That's linkedin.com slash MNN, as in Money News Network, to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Money rehabbers, you have money hidden in your house. Yeah, just hiding there in plain sight. Okay, so I don't mean you have gold bars hidden somewhere in walls, treasure map style, but you do have a money-making opportunity that you're just leaving on the table if you're not hosting on Airbnb. It's one of my all-time favorite side hustles. By hosting your space, you are monetizing what you already own. It doesn't get easier than that. For me, hosting on Airbnb has always been a no-brainer. When I first signed up, I remember thinking to myself, self, you pay a lot of money for your house. It is time that house returned the favor. And to get real with you for a sec, I felt so much guilt before treating myself on vacation because traveling can be so expensive. But since hosting on Airbnb, I feel zero stress for treating myself to a much needed vacation because having Airbnb guests stay at my house when I'm traveling helps offset the cost of my travel. So it's such a win-win. I mean, if I could do it, you could do it. And your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Money Rehab is a production of Money News Network. I'm your host, Nicole Lappin. Money Rehab's executive producer is Morgan Lavoie. Our researcher is Emily Holmes. Do you need some money rehab? And let's be honest, we all do. So email us your money questions, moneyrehab at moneynewsnetwork.com to potentially have your questions answered on the show or even have a one-on-one -on -one intervention with me. And follow us on Instagram at moneynews and TikTok at moneynewsnetwork for exclusive video content. And lastly, thank you. No, seriously, thank you. Thank you for listening and for investing in yourself. 
which is the most important investment you can make.